Hello, welcome to the Live Love Let podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson. Today we have a special treat. We're joined by my dear friend and fellow coach, Elena Sviderskaya. Beyond being a fantastic human being that I have the pleasure of knowing, Elena is a leadership coach, speaker, facilitator, and the founder of Elena Sviderskaya Coaching and Consulting. Her passion lies in showing people a glimpse of their potential, helping them to break down mental barriers, and most importantly, inspiring them to take action. Elena, welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you. <laughs> it's so amazing to be here. We always have such fantastic conversations. So I honestly, I was so excited about being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> it is my pleasure. You know, we've always said we should have recorded that after our conversations. <laughs> and one day we said, let's record it. And so here we are. Uh, and I have a special treat for you. Mm-hmm. For you. So what... <laughs> Do you know what we're celebrating this week? No, actually, I don't. (laughs) We're celebrating our anniversary. Oh, my God. (laughs) You and I met. You and I met two years ago tomorrow. So this is officially (laughs) our two-year anniversary. So, yay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I, I remember that day. I think we got lost a few times before meeting each other, but we found, and it was such a fantastic conversation. I honestly, I, I remember walking away and thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I just met this person today. And we had such a fantastic conversation. So here you go. The world was different then. <laughs> it was different because we had the opportunity to actually meet in person before everything got kind of closed down. Um, we had a lovely conversation in the city. We spoke for a few hours and I also left just feeling so like uplifted and just feeling that I really like her. I'm so happy we met. So fantastic. And thank you, you for celebrating. Wow. <laughs> that was my treat for you. Cause I thought to myself, I don't think she, she remembers this. So I will remind her. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> of course. And thank you. So, um, Today, what I thought is that we can explore a foundational concept, um, essentially the the idea of limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. and how we can move past them to create the life that we love. Oh, I love this. (laughs) So it's a big one. (laughs) It's a big one. It's a big one. And we had conversation around that a few times before. And like you said, it's really, it's it's foundational truly, truly foundational. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think that your experience um, and all the work you've done with people um, in different settings, whether it's one-on-one or in corporations, makes you someone that's going to make this conversation amazing. And I'm so excited to see where it flows because we never know where our conversations go. So it's going to be really awesome. Exactly. And, and I think this is also a topic, like you said, it's, it's regardless of where you are, what area of life you are, whether, yeah. whether it's corporate or personal, this is something that, that, that's there in any area, right? And mm-hmm. it can hold us back in so many different areas. And the worst part is oftentimes we're not even aware. And that's the thing. It's we're kind of going in autopilot thinking we're making all those decisions. Yes. While in yes. fact, there is something on the back of our mind that's kind of helping us or forcing us to make certain decisions so thank mm-hmm. you for, for for pointing that out <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure so um why don't we start off by first talking about what are limiting beliefs mm-hmm. let's explore that first um and then we can dive into wherever that takes us really <laughs> absolutely absolutely and and for me when i think about limiting beliefs i don't have a specific definition of that but it, I, I would say a limiting belief is anything really that limits what you think you're capable of or the decisions that you make it's any sort of barrier that stands between you and what you actually want and sometimes because of those beliefs you don't even allow yourself to dream about certain things because you think that they are off limits right so anything that creates those invisible but very very powerful limits I'm mm-hmm. calling this a limiting belief And I would agree with that. Um, And it's interesting because the way I've experienced limiting beliefs is that I would say no to myself before anyone even says no to me. So I am essentially 
you know, I have an idea of something I want to do or like something exciting, you know, my heart is beating a bit when I think about it and I get like the tinglies and then I think to myself, oh no. And I just stop. So I don't like not starting it, not asking for help, not even making a request of anybody. I stop myself before it's even verbalized or expressed externally. Um, that's how I think I've experienced it. And as you said before, it's usually something you're not even aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's happening like in the background, you know, it's, this, mm-hmm. it's, it's hidden. And I think you can become aware of it when maybe it's happening so much that you start saying, wait a minute, what is the common factor in all of this? Mm-hmm. And why have I stopped myself? Why haven't I even tried all of these different things? And, and something that you said was very interesting. You said, when you get this, so you get this reaction in your body, right? When you want something that you get excited and you're like, oh, that would be fantastic. What if I do this? What if I do this? And then immediately you say no to yourself. So it's, you're making the decision with almost with your gut. So you first, you get excited, then your gut kind of shuts it down. You get this fear or whatever it is, not in your stomach saying, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's there, but I don't want to go there. And then you will use your mind, your brain, your conscious mind to justify the decision you made emotionally. You're gonna, yes. tell, you're gonna, you're gonna explain why you made the decision, and it will all make sense. <laughs> well, I didn't do it because of this, or because I'm busy, or because I don't have the resources, or mm-hmm. I don't have experience yet. So we'll find a way. We'll find a way to justify it. But the decision is made in the gut, in, in the, the gut. second when you don't allow yourself, like, mm, no, Andrea, back, no, can't, you can't go there for whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's very interesting to even notice when this happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, we, we kind of, we think we have free will <laughs> and we do to some, to some degree, but we need to almost actively wake ourselves up and mm. ask ourselves, why are we saying this? Why are we doing this? Almost questioning our behavior and especially anything we do repeatedly and, and in autopilot, let's <laughs> say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like all of these, like, I don't know where that came from. Like, I'm not sure exactly where it came from, but I think it's from a long time ago where it's become so ingrained and so automatic that we don't think about it. It becomes automatic. It becomes habitual. It becomes, it just, just the way things are, but is it? Exactly. (laughs) It feels like an absolute truth. Mm -hmm. It, it feels like absolute truth. And, And oftentimes when, whenever there is a voice in our head and, and we keep saying something to ourselves and we rarely kind of stop and, and ask ourselves, is this really true though? Mm. Because that voice just keeps going and on and on and on. It can say, and the, the voice can say such harsh things. Yeah. And oftentimes it can even jump in, up and down, uh, contradict itself, but still every word just feels like truth while we're saying it to ourselves. It mm-hmm. feels very powerful and strong. It must be true. Yeah. Like you said, is it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> Absolutely. And when you're talking about the voice, you're talking about the inner critic, right? Mm-hmm. That voice that's, um, and it's just been with us for the longest time. So it sounds familiar. It mm-hmm. sounds comforting. It's keeping us safe. I think that's the thing that people sometimes forget. Like, it's not like, you know, this gremlin, it's, it's there to keep us safe. Right. And in some ways, limiting beliefs could be, you know, don't touch the hot stove when it's bright red that's a limiting belief as well but that protects us um not going after a dream is also because of like maybe being afraid of being successful or being afraid of what people may say or being afraid of failing is also limiting belief or thinking you can't do it but that kind of limiting beliefs that stands in a way and actually prevents us from like becoming the amazing person that we have within us that we can become right um so that's really interesting yeah and and it's very interesting to to something you you mentioned it's about the safety right so when we actually think about our brain our brain is really wants to the brain wants to keep us safe and preferably Mm -hmm. not really using a lot of energy (laughs) So it's yes. kind of, well, you know what, if it was up to our brain, we would be sitting in our very, very safe rooms do, doing nothing Yeah, require any sort of risk or any sort of energy or uncertainty. None of, we want something certain. We want something safe and with the least amount of energy. Mm-hmm. 
So we need to recognize that there is that bias that our brain has. And that's mm-hmm. the mechanism, that's the reason. So there's a reason for that voice, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's kept us safe, you know, like people always refer to like fear and the saber-toothed tiger, like back in the days of human existence, right? And that kept us safe and it kept us alive. But I think nowadays we can get that same feeling of the fear and it feels as though it's life-threatening, but it really isn't because it is more of a of um, maybe fear of like death by failure or death by like critique or death by society, but it's not actually like physical, like bodily death, right? <laughs> and we, and, and that's why our brain takes us to the worst case scenario, right? So we, mm-hmm. we, so the brain wants to scare us as much as possible, not to, not to pursue whatever we, we, you know, we dream about pursuing. So then we feel that's the worst case scenario, right? And mm-hmm. oftentimes, we don't even imagine it. It just, we feel this strong push. We don't even explore, but what am I really afraid of? Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I did this exercise uh, maybe six months ago where I was going through a lot of different personal changes and I felt so many different fears and I actually stopped and I started exploring what is it really that I'm afraid of? If I can mm-hmm. write it down and to say, okay, what I'm afraid of is this, this, and this, I was really surprised. I was really surprised what was driving those feelings because without actually doing this exercise, I just felt the fear. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was about. So mm-hmm. It really requires us to, to take a pause and explore. Absolutely. And you know, that reminds me of something you said just before where you talked about like questioning, is this true? Like, is this true? Is it really true? Like what proof do I have of this? Right. Um, and if it's something we haven't done before, then you don't actually have proof that it's not really going to work out. Right. Or that it's not going to happen or that it's not possible. So, um, I, I think like what you're talking about right there is like shining the light on it and really taking a moment and dissecting it and asking yourself, is this true? And is it something also that's serving me? Is it actually helping me or is it standing in my way? Uh, two, request, two questions I always, um, that I found really helpful. But I love that you have an exercise and that you kind of write it out. I usually sit down and I think I'll like lie in my sofa and I'll close my eyes and just like process in my mind and think about it. But the idea of writing is also um, pretty awesome. Do you have like special, um, other than those two things, is there a special process that maybe you can share with us um, for how you go through your exercise? Well, so in terms of the exercise that I, that I talked about before, this was just more of an exploration saying, you know what, what, what are my emotions are trying mm-hmm. to tell me? Because emotions are very important mechanisms for communicating with us, right? Mm-hmm. So that's almost sub- subconscious to conscious. So that's how, when we actually look at things that we are really excited about, so positive emotions and negative, both are trying to communicate something to us. Maybe mm-hmm. positive is that we're, we're doing something that really, makes us come alive, right? Maybe it's certain people that like, you know, when we first talked, we walked away and we felt energized. So that's my body is telling me, I like her. Let's do that again. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> exactly. So it's, this person has a very positive impact on you. Maybe it's the travel, maybe it's something else. So it kind of gives you those, those signals of, okay, do more of this. That, that is what you, what you, enjoy that's this is what uh, you like and also mm-hmm. the negative emotions are also trying to tell you something so it's if we kind of just use that as signals and, and just get curious about mm-hmm. what, and just keep asking ourselves what is this fear trying to tell me mm-hmm. How is this fear maybe serving me what is it trying to protect me from mm-hmm. just getting curious and walking in and further and further and trying to just question ourselves yeah that we ask ourselves are super important and I think we we talked about this for for a while in the past it's the the quality of the questions you ask yourselves are, mm-hmm. are really really important so we can ask ourselves well why can't I why can't I find anyone nice ever why I can never lose weight why am I such a loser and the brain will answer those questions mm-hmm. The brain will answer, will tell you why you're such a loser, why you can't meet anyone or why you can't ever lose weight. So it's, we have to learn this tool of asking yourselves good mm-hmm. quality questions. So it's, what is this trying to tell me and be really curious about this. So that in terms of the, the overall, I think is just the attitude of curiosity and asking questions, but in terms of limiting beliefs, the exercise that I, that I 
often offer my clients is this, you know, if you've ever um, seen a wheel of life exercise, right? So yes, basically, yes. and it can be a love it. Life, it can be something else. <laughs> it's a really interesting kind of starting point. It's a classic coaching ex- exercise mm-hmm. where you create your life from zero to 10 in different areas of your life. And you kind of, so then what I would ask my clients is saying, you know, when, if there's a couple of areas, let's not focus on all of them, but if there's a couple of areas where you see that your score is really low, Let's, let's dive into one of those areas and write down anything that you believe when it comes to, let's say it's love mm-hmm. and writing down. And I would say, walk away with a note, you know, notepad for a few days, not just in one sitting, but over a few days and anything that comes to your mind mm-hmm. right around this area, or as you know, um, all, all men are, you know, dishonest or something like anything that you've ever heard, just write mm-hmm. it down. Because oftentimes the strongest limiting beliefs come from our uh, adults in our lives when we yeah. were little. Yeah. I, one of the examples that I discovered is that my grandma always used to tell me, women need to be modest. Mm. You have to be very modest. You, you, you yes. know, none of that too bold, too, you know, too loud. Yes. And then as I'm building my own business and I'm building my own brand and I'm trying to post and I'm trying to create this, the, the, the bright, the bold, the innovative. So this limiting belief is really holding me back, or at least mm. it used to hold me back in terms of, well, you need to be modest. You shouldn't stand out. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be too loud. So it's always mm-hmm things but it's not based on any facts it's just based on something that somebody who's very dear to me told me when I was a child women need to be modest Mm -hmm. and those cultural beliefs super super powerful absolutely and it's you know it's so interesting I think uh traditional backgrounds if you come from a traditional background that is definitely something that you absorb from not only your your immediate family but just from society as a whole it's like be modest and and be kind and be very nice and take care of everyone around you. And then it serves you in some ways, right? It does serve you in some ways, but as you were saying before, like when you, when you're working within your business, you know, when you're being a businesswoman, when you have that, when you're in that mode of of work, it isn't serving you, it's holding you back. And being modest is a lot, it's not allowing you to like show yourself and to shine as who you are and to talk about, you know, talk about what you do and why you are great at what you do. Um, so that's that. That's interesting because it points that you know. I think sometimes we feel like things are either good or bad, negative or positive. They either serve us or they don't serve us. But that's a great example of where the same belief can serve you in some ways, like you know, with your family, taking care of your family, and in ways um, in the way of your business, it doesn't serve you, but it's the exactly. same belief. Exactly. And, and, and there's a lot of contradictory beliefs that we hold mm-hmm. in the same areas. And that's why, you know, sometimes the inner voice will flip flop and will tell us different things, but the yes. old is so true. And so when we are confused about something, we're not sure. And that mm-hmm. uncertainty is always stressful and it mm-hmm. prevents us from making decisions. It prevents us from going forward because we just feel this something in our gut. It's just, oh, I don't know what it is but it's very difficult. And sometimes we do one step. And, and one of the things I found um, that's really powerful about limiting belief is that this whole idea of regulation, right? So it's almost when we try to go against it, but we didn't address the limiting belief itself, it will push us back. So we will do things, we'll do things, we'll do things, we'll take the steps forward. And then all of a sudden we're doing something that's not logical, but that's bringing us back. So, and I gave you this example a while back when I said, when I first started my, 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 my business, I would, I would put myself out there, I would contact people and tell them, you know, what, about my services, but I mm-hmm. didn't have a fully, I, I didn't have that full belief that I was capable of doing, or maybe not enough confidence. And I remember that people would write me back and I would just feel paralyzed of replying to them. Oh, <laughs> self-sabotage myself from actually putting myself I would kind of make steps towards it and Mm -hmm. then that fear would prevent me from following through and actually do my business Mm -hmm. thermostat with weight very very common and I've experienced this in my life many many times is where you kind of always in that if you believe you're a certain weight you would lose some weight and then go back to it 
Yeah. Kind of that, that's, you know, the stretchy thing that would, the thermostat, right? You would, you would lose it and then it will adjust again. Something will happen. You fall off the wagon, so to speak. And here you go again. And your where you believe you are. Your setting, your like default setting. You always go back. You may go a bit above or you may go a bit below, but you'll always return to whatever that default setting. And, and that default setting can change. Like I think um, in our work, you know, the reflection and the questioning if things are true or not, that is the kind of work that allows you to adjust that setting. But if you don't do that work, you may step forward a little bit, but you'll step back. Like you were talking about just now with the, the rubber, the, the elasticized band, right? You get pulled back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, you get a little bit further, but wait a minute. Nope. Here you are again. And then you're wondering, why can't I ever move forward? And it's because and there's something there. And your mind, and if you, and if you ask yourself, well, why can't I ever lose weight? And your mind will be right there because you're a loser because you can't do it. You're yeah. just not disciplined enough. Yeah. You're just not this, this person. So th- the brain will help you out, quote unquote, and will will only put more fuel into the fire to tell mm-hmm. you, well, I can't, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, this reminds me in, in university, one of the most interesting things I learned in university was this idea of the self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. right so whatever you believe about yourself whatever those beliefs are whether they're conscious or not conscious um the actions that you take and your behaviors and the way that you interact with the world and the people around you and and everything will always be in a way that mirrors that back to you because you're always going to be right your brain will always make you right right so it's going to you'll adjust and you'll interact in ways that make you right and you're just wondering well why is this happening but it's because of the self-fulfilling prophecy right like because you have the brain makes you correct that's mm-hmm. how it works so you have to kind of adjust that like adjust the beliefs that you have about yourself and that's the inner work um and then you'll see and i've seen this you see the it's like the world around you changes but it's not really changing it's just your perspective and it's the way that you're interacting with it that's the way that you're responding to it that is um, making those changes happen. I love this because, you know, it's, we, we, we're constantly bombarded with so many stimuli around us. And we notice only a tiny little percentage of that. Yes. So, so when we, so our beliefs are like a filter. So when we say, you know, there are no good friends out there, there's no genuine friendship out there. People are always out to get me. Mm. So with that belief, you will get a filter that you will yes. look for, for the ways to prove yourself right. So you will, mm-hmm. say, sometimes you interpret the situation in a certain way. You will pick up certain pieces. You will start noticing it. So your brain collects evidence mm. for your beliefs because brain does not like to be wrong. So because it becomes this, it, it becomes incongruent and it, it doesn't like that. So it will continuously look for for the proof of, of your beliefs, always. Always. It's like, you know, when you hear a story, sorry? No, you just keep collecting that, that, that proof. Absolutely. And that, the fact that you talk about the filter is so true because that reminds me of like, when you have like three people in the room and they're all having the same experience or watching the same movie or like, like witnessing the same thing. And, and the way that they interpret it or remember it is slightly wow. different. Same situation, exactly. but like different perspectives because of that filter that they're mm-hmm. seeing everything through, you know? Yes. So powerful. That's fascinating. Absolutely. And, and, and you know what, what, but that requires really stopping and recognizing that the self-awareness, mm-hmm. we're, we're not really self-aware. We think we are self-aware. We're not self-aware mm. and we're miss so many things and it requires stopping, like you said, inner work and the exercises and questioning, always, always questioning things yeah. feel like truth. That mm-hmm. And, you know, so we're talking about like, you know, the reflection and we're talking about the questioning and the inner work on all these different things and the pausing. Um, but do you, do you feel, I have a thought on this, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you the question as well. Do you feel people really do that? Like, do we really kind of like take the time and do it? No. Yeah. 
No, it's because mm-hmm. it's not, again, it's not something that's done automatically. It yeah. requires effort mm-hmm. and it requires this, the space to do that. And I mm-hmm. think, unfortunately, I see oftentimes that there is so many, you know, we live in a, in a time where life is hectic, yeah. right? And we, and there's a lot of busyness just in, in general. I think you and I talked about that as well. It's that the doing is is really something that's valued mm. in, in the society right so it's it's what do you do what you what you achieve how much you achieve how fast you achieve it so we often concentrate on and focus on doing mm-hmm. so that space for self-reflection becomes almost who has time for that i don't have time i'm busy it's not productive <laughs> you know and it's it's that 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 yeah. notion that this is something that I'm going to do it when I have the time, mm-hmm. whereas it's, it's backwards, right? Because the beliefs are almost at the core of our identity and everything, the decisions that we make and the actions we take, it's all becomes, it's the outside and outside. So that identity, the beliefs that we have influences everything. Every yes. And then what happens is one day we, we oftentimes what happens um, is we get to a point where we're so miserable that the thought of not doing the inner work becomes so scary because you realize, oh my God, my life is passing by. I'm 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, whatever. Or maybe my, my, my marriage just failed or maybe mm. I don't have a good relationship with my kids or maybe I don't realize I'm lonely. I don't have good friendships or, yeah. or whatever else. But usually it comes from this sharp realization that dissatisfaction where it almost becomes an emergency Mm-hmm. it's more painful address it exactly yeah. with that pain of not addressing it becomes, mm-hmm. becomes so much that uh-huh. it no longer becomes a luxury but it's almost like it's kind of you know with the, with eating well and then you realize you have a heart attack kind of people when you know when kind of they're they're going on the way of you know the cholesterol and all of this and they're yeah. in the danger zone it's kind of like okay tomorrow 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 and then <laughs> boom, you have a heart attack okay and okay. suddenly suddenly now that becomes a priority. So I think the same thing I often see with inner work is that mm-hmm. it's a luxury, luxury, luxury until you reach a point where you're in so much pain when you realize, no, 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 mm-hmm. it's not a luxury anymore. It's an emergency for me. Absolutely. It becomes like, yeah, the pain of not doing it is, is more, is stronger, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's great. <laughs> that reminds me of like so the dissatisfaction you talked about I have definitely experienced that with with and also the life areas of like having there was a moment in time where there were a few different areas of my life that were not the way I wanted them to be mm-hmm. and that dissatisfaction grew and grew and grew and this is back in 2017 so it's a long time ago but that was a pivoting point for me you know, that's the very first time I actually worked with a coach. That's what inspired me to want to become a coach because it was so impactful. Um, that experience being like actually being guided with being with someone who asks great questions and being guided to ask myself great questions and to set up the time and the space to do those reflective acts, um, activities mm-hmm. was life-changing. And when I say life-changing, like, I mean, like, I would be in an entirely different place right now if I had not had that experience. Absolutely. Right? Sometimes it's one question that you ask yourself. Yes. can create a, you know, a myriad, it triggered so many different responses and actions. Sometimes mm. that one question can lead to something so amazing. And I think behind everyone who is doing a lot of inner work and questioning themselves, I think there's usually a story like this. Mm-hmm. dissatisfaction with something or realization like this and it's it usually from that comes that self-discovery and 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 really I think it's it becomes a switch almost of yes. okay I was in the passenger seat for years and years and years I don't like where I'm being taken <laughs> I don't like it I, I and I and I think also with time we realize we can almost see now the trajectory of if nothing changes in 10 years, this is where I'm going to end up. And I hate it. And I know it's going to lead me to regret. So I think we can kind of with some life experience, we can step back and see, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't kind of, I don't like where this is going. So yeah. what do 
was okay now I need to take the the the, the drive you know the the wheel back and I'm now I'm going to steer it the way I want it and sometimes you know we're kind of wobbly <laughs> in the beginning we have no idea what do we do where do we start who do we go to you know mm-hmm. the life is not working and but but eventually with the right questions we figure out Mm-hmm. Get in tune with with our guts and and with our intuition, and we steer it in the right direction. And it's still, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> I love that because I was definitely like, you know, I see where I'm going. I'm like, ah, I don't like this. This is not this is not what I want. This yeah. isn't what I want. I can see that this is not going to be great for me. And I did like I did the work, and I kind of pivoted. You know, I went in a different direction, and. It's been such a great journey. And I always look back at that time and think to myself, wow, like, what if I didn't do that work, right? And what if I didn't work with, with that coach? Um, what if I didn't take the time? And, it, you know, it wasn't immediate. Like, it, it was a process and it was definitely like a journey, right? It's not like a, here you go, Andrea, now you're on <laughs> the other side and you've made this sharp right turn. It's not a, a like a, it's not a, uh, what is that? Like, <laughs> what's that word I'm looking for? <laughs> it is not like a super sharp turn where it's like a a corner of a square (laughs) right it is more like you know a a journey that just takes you like you know you say yes and then you say yes and you say yes bit by bit and then you end up somewhere that you could never have imagined but it's like amazing yes absolutely and and you know what and I think it's it's really important to understand that this is a journey and it takes a long time because there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot, like we were talking about some of the powerful limiting beliefs that we get when we are children and then kind of, we grow up with them. They, they feel like absolute truth. We have to recognize that these are very, very powerful. They become part of our identity. They, they kind of, we grow up with them. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of effort to unlearn them. And, and also I think that the journey is, I, I, I really like this analogy of, you know, when we take the steering wheel back and we're trying to steer it in a different direction where we never were before, right? Something mm-hmm. completely unknown. It's kind of like driving in the fog. You only see yes. 100 feet in front of you and you kind of get that 100 feet and then a new thing opens up and a new things open up. And so it's kind of, with that curiosity, you just take one step and then now other options open up, you know, and it's kind of training for, for a marathon. You know, mm-hmm. when I, I did this five years ago, I think, I think at this point before that, I never ran in my life. I never imagined that I could run a marathon, but then somebody said, Hey, why don't we train? And I did a little bit, a little bit, very, very slow process. But I remember crossing that finish line. I was a different person because I my whole world turned because I realized two years ago, if somebody told me you can run a marathon, I would say no way in hell. I would make oh. money against that. There's Is no that way. Loud? No way because I hated running. I didn't mm-hmm. do running. I couldn't run 200 meters. And now I finished a marathon. And that made me question everything. Mm. Everything that I've ever believed in about myself. I, there's so many things that I would tell myself, well, you, you can't play piano because you don't have the talent or you can't do this because you, or you can't do science because, well, you know, it's boring for you or this or this or this, but it put in question everything I believed about myself. Yeah. What else am I saying to myself that I can't do, or that's not possible for me, but it is possible and I can. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a special thing to have an experience like that you know, where you, the experience literally like changes and and proves a belief that you have as false, because then it triggered you to start questioning everything else. And I think, um, well, I would like to think everyone has those experiences, but I'm not really sure, right? Maybe it's not as loud. Maybe it's not as apparent. Maybe they're too busy and not seeing it for what it is, but definitely that's amazing. It's great to have that kind of an experience. And you know, like actually now that the, now that we're talking about this, what I realized is that mm-hmm. a lot of moments like that where I pushed myself came mm-hmm. from people that were around me. Mm-hmm. Meaning that, so that experience with running came from me joining a, a running group. And mm-hmm. in that running group, so I wanted to just walk around first, just a little bit to try, just because I, I was looking for a community. Honestly, it wasn't about the running. I just... It was from Lululemon. I like the clothes and I oh, the love Lululemon. <laughs> it seemed like, yeah, it seemed like a fun group. It really was. So yeah. part of yeah. that group, we had 
two people, a couple that were triathletes. And oh. they were telling us the story, how they didn't run and they didn't do anything uh, athletic. And then they became athletes and they overcome so many issues. And now, now they're ultra, uh, ultra marathon runners and ultra triathletes. And that was so inspiring, but they oh. made it so, so relatable that then it, mm-hmm. uh, it made it seem, okay, let me try something. And I tried a triathlon, I tried something else. So it's, it's also around the, the people around us. Mm-hmm. It's very, yeah. very important. We're surrounded by people who, who have a lot of limiting beliefs. We're not willing to look outside of them. We're much more likely to stay where we are. Whereas if we find people who are bra- brave and who have stories that can mm-hmm. push us forward, they almost normalize the next step. Mm-hmm. They, they take the fear away and then the next step becomes, oh, it's fun. Let me try it. Yes. And I love that because it's like who you're surrounded by is really important. And it may be, you know, maybe, maybe I have zero interest in running and I'm not really a runner, but just seeing someone like, you know, having a goal and going after it may make me now question, well, oh, what do I want to run after now? Like what dream do I want to pursue? You know? And I think that's great. Like being inspired by people either in or circle or that we observe or maybe you're watching a documentary or maybe you're reading a book and something about what you see or hear or read just triggers like a a spark mm-hmm. for you and a feeling of like oh I want to do that you know and if you follow it like you know you may you probably don't know where we're going right you don't really know what the second step is but you know what the first step is mm-hmm. you can take and the first step like- and then get to the second Exactly. And so in any area where we want to move forward and when, but we feel scared, we feel like, oh my God, but I can't, but I can't, but I can't. If we intentionally create those, those community around communities around us, yeah. now yeah. it's so much easier than right 20, 30 years ago. Now we can connect with, with real people like through LinkedIn. I connected with people who are all over the world. Yeah. That I wanted to talk to right mm-hmm. we can read books we can do documentaries we can get mentors we can get coaches we can just find communities in any area where we want to excel mm-hmm. right and, and that we can we can take that step mm-hmm. by virtue of being surrounded by people that are inspiring that are already ahead of where we are mm-hmm. automatically expands our horizon because we we see the brain sees it is possible. There are real people that are doing it. And the people yeah. are like, just like us, if they can do it, then maybe I can do it. So it becomes safer. It becomes, it becomes normalized. Normalized is a good way of saying it. Absolutely. Um, and as you were talking, you, you were saying that, you know, we can see people do it. We can read it. We can watch something as we were talking about before. And the key part of this, I think, and I mean, it was definitely true for me was there's a difference between being inspired um, and having desires, but it doesn't really stop there, right? Ooh, there the is action. <laughs> action, exactly. And that is like, you know, that is for me, and maybe the first step is not actually the ideal step, but oh, that first step <laughs> makes you really, that first step will then have you say, okay, not that, but maybe this. And then you may say, oh, well, not that either, but maybe it's this one. And it just starts you going and it just starts the momentum. And mm-hmm. you are kind of like fill, like funneling down, right? And mm-hmm. figuring it out and like narrowing the path and eventually getting there. But the action is yeah. like so key. Absolutely. And, and, and through action, we're also creating that identity change, mm-hmm. right? So then through taking actions and, and seeing yourself succeed or even when we're not succeeding, yes. right? Because success and failure, and I, I and, and it's probably one of my favorite sayings, but success and failure are very relative. So we have, have to kind of play around with what the definition of success and failure is. So then it moves us forward. So meaning mm-hmm. that if we try something, that's a success. That's the thing that I have full control over this. I take action, then I succeed. If the result is not what I want, then I can learn it and I can adjust my action, right? But the brain now sees, okay, you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. And it creates this feedback, positive feedback loop. And Mm -hmm. when we feel good about little wins, then we're much more likely to continue doing it. So I'm, I'm actually a huge, huge fan of tiny little actions, not big goals. I love, I mean, I love goals in general. Mm-hmm. I always caution against setting really huge ambition, ambitious goals right away, 
because yeah. they can so daunting. They can seem so big. And then when you've the first failure, it's so it's so easy to give up. It hurts. <laughs> we've all been there. I mean, I've been up on so many things. I honestly, we need a few more podcasts to go that I gave up on. Mm. But what I found with time that the the idea of tiny little actions that are yes. so easy to take and create momentum. I love the word that you use, the momentum, right? Mm. It's almost the starting of the train, you know, the, when the, the, start, the train starts to move, it takes Absolutely. Oh, so much energy and it you can almost feel like this is heavy train. Yeah. Once yes. the train is going... <laughs> It seems like it's, it's just going. It seems easy. So the mm. same thing with our actions, the smaller, tiny little actions. Mm-hmm. He's interested in exploring this. I found I'm currently rereading Atomic Habits. Mm. Brilliant book. Love it. Super simple and explains all Great the book. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely one of those books. I think that's one of those books that you read every so often and you just get a little bit more, a little bit extra. Mm-hmm maybe like a once a year read or something, or maybe just like go through the notes that you've made on that book, but it's a great book. Absolutely. And one of the main idea, I think that I took away from this book is that we're, we're clinging to our identities, right? So we have this identity of ourselves. I am this, I am this, like for, for, for years, I kept telling myself, I'm not disciplined. I'm very creative. I'm very outgoing. I'm easy to talk mm. to, but I'm not disciplined. I don't like the details. I have an issue following through certain things. So it's, it's, it's that build of yeah. my identity, right? But our identity is the result of the habits that we have yes. developed. So I love that book because it gives us a very simple notion that our identity is created through our habits. And once we change our habits, we cre- we recreate, we change, we update and evolve our identity. Mm-hmm. We have that full control. And when we understand the mechanism of how it actually works, it becomes easy. Mm-hmm. And again, I love getting back in control. <laughs> <laughs> Get right? your hold back on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I love that the talk about identity, because in that book, he also said, you know, he gave the example of um, someone who is trying to quit smoking, for example. Right. I think that's the example he used. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, and then they offered a cigarette and the person who the person who would say, I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. Even though they've just quit, is more likely to actually succeed in quitting smoking. The person who says I am trying to quit smoking, that doubt because they haven't really put on the identity yet um, could be the difference between success and failure with regards to that goal. So it's like putting on the identity um, for myself, for example, I am like, I'm a yoga. I love, I love yoga. You know, I used to teach yoga. I still do sometimes, but I always saw myself as a yoga person. Like I'm a, I'm a yogi. I'm a yoga person. I'm not a gym person, you know? And um, I, after reading Atomic Habits, actually, I started going to the gym in my building. And I now I wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Monday to Friday, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I go to the gym for an hour, cardio, yoga. And I, I'm like, I am a person who goes to the gym at 5.30 in the morning. That's who I am. So I did shift my identity. You know, I said, I am this person. And on the days where I was like, oh, man, I just want to press news another time. Like just press news again and go back to bed and just I can go tomorrow. It's like, nope, you are a person that wakes up <laughs> Monday to Friday. You go to the gym at 530 in the morning. That is who you are. That is what you do. And that makes a subtle it's subtle, but it makes a very big difference because you don't want to like it's who you are. It's who you are now. And that goes back to, you know, when we first started talking, we talked about limiting beliefs mm. and that's part of the identity. Yes. So that it's part of the identity. When, so, so that you see how that influences the decisions that we make on daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. And it really influences the, 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 the likelihood of the success that we will have in any area, right? If we say, I am the person who's trying to do something versus I am the person. Yeah. That subtle shift all of a sudden one focuses on result mm-hmm. and trying to achieve that. So the, and the thing is, the moment you achieve that, usually that's where the, the wheels fall off and you go back <laughs> trying to achieve this again. Yes. <laughs> I am the person who is trying to eat healthy. And now all of a sudden, like the birthday celebration comes over and like, oh, okay. <laughs> and you fall off the wagon and you go back to, I am the person who is trying to eat healthy. <laughs> Versus I'm someone who eats healthy. Yeah. So all of a sudden that, that, that subtle shift 
creates a real result. So I love that story. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. It's lovely. And that's like, even this podcast to me was, you know, like I thought about it for a long time. And I essentially said, I am a person who has a podcast. And I did, I just made, as you said, like the small bits, the small pieces. Um, I tried not to make it a huge thing. I made it into small bits, like, you know, get a mic and like, what do I want to talk about? And what vendors do I want to use? And how am I going to build it? And it became exciting. And then I look back and I think to myself, I have a podcast. I am truly a person who, who podcasts, right? And it's, it's great. And it's kind of like that when you say that, it, 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 it turns on the switch in your mind and it affects the decisions that you make. And all of a sudden, and I remember us talking about this when, when, when you first started doing this. And, and I remember you said, ah, I was surprised how easy it was. In my oh mind my before, it seemed like, ah, oh, starting a podcast, that's so big, that's so huge, that, that's complicated. And all of a sudden, when you made that decision, mm-hmm. when you focus on the little things, all of a sudden you realize that's not difficult. All of this technology and, you know, and, and I can use this and I can use that. There's so much information. All of a sudden, once you make that decision, you change Mm -hmm. that identity, Mm -hmm. everything aligns. Mm -hmm. You know, that's such a great point because honestly, it seems like the hugest thing in my mind. It's like a podcast was just so ginormous. And once I took it back and I started investigating, like, what is a podcast? How does one start a podcast? And I had the excitement of it it is so much simpler than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that's true for a lot of things. Sometimes it just seems so huge that you dare not even take a step towards it because it just feels like it's going to fall down and just like squish you, <laughs> squish yeah. you on the ground, you know, and you'll just be lying there like passed out. But it's not that bad. The brain will create this monster in your yes. mind that will feel so real yes. and that will make you scared because the brain does not want you to do to exert the scary energy. things. Your brain does not want you to exert energy and do extra things. Yes. Yeah. And there's this a such a mm-hmm. and there's there was fi- I mean it's not always true, but I think often there's such a fine line between like the things that excite us and the things that scare us. Sometimes they're the same thing. I sometimes say that they're like, you know, the same side of like a different coin and it's all a matter of how you're looking at it. Cause I went from like, you know, scary, huge, massive podcasts and like massive letters to being like a podcast in small pieces. And it happened. And, you know, I think I love that you mentioned the scary and exciting and the same kind of, you know, the, the, the two different sides mm. of the same coin, because I think they are very close together because mm-hmm. Anything that really excites you, anything that really drives you inside the big dreams, mm-hmm. it also comes with the fear. But what if I, you know, I want this so much, but what if I try and I fail? Because it's yeah. so it yeah. all of a becomes this big thing. And it's almost sometimes admitting to ourselves what we want can feel scary because the yeah. moment you say it, and especially when you say it out loud, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you you're responsible for this. Mm. So it's sometimes we, we don't even, we feel so scared to even admit what we want. Say we it. don't want that responsibility and we don't want to experience that fear of that failure because it's big. The best decisions that I have made in my life were a combination of scary and exciting. Mm. All of them. It's kind of when, when that excitement and strong fear and strong excitement, kind of that's your guides to tell yeah. you there to explore <laughs> do it it's like do it yes 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 <laughs> from your body that's what your body's saying and they actually um it is proven that the like the physical responses in your body when it comes to excitement it's the same as like oh that's- when you're scared so it's a matter of how you interpret it i think mm-hmm. yeah like the, the the heartbeat the 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 butterflies the tingles all of that um, happens in both scenarios, right? So I think I think also you said this as well. Like the more um, the more you want something, the scarier it can be. Mm-hmm. Because and if you the risk equally weighted, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely, yeah. So let's see. So I think we're coming to the end, coming to the close. I know you and I can go for like <laughs> hours, and I don't want to keep you here for two hours or more. Let's. Uh, can always do this again you know um 
Absolutely. The anniversary edition. I know, going and going and going. But yeah. um, let's see, how do I, hmm, I have a question for you. But before I go with that question, I guess let's just summarize as far as like, what are the key ways for someone who is like, you know, recognizing, okay, I have some limiting, I obviously have some limiting beliefs because there are things I want to do. And for some reason, I'm just not doing it. So I end up in the same place, right? Or when you also the areas where you kind of trying to do the same thing over and over. And you, yes. Find yourself back where you start. The stuckness. The thermostat. The thermostat. The rubber band pulling you back. That's another area to explore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, someone's saying, okay, this is this, like what Elena and Andrea are saying, it's, it's like feeling, I, I get it, right? Like, what do I do next? So that we don't leave people just like being like, okay, that's great that we've explored <laughs> limiting beliefs, but what can someone do as far as like, what can they do next? So I think the first step is really recognizing. And as I mentioned, something, it can be as simple as saying, okay, so this is the area where I seem to be struggling a lot, or mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, I, I have the dreams, but I, but I, can't quite take the action or I find myself back in the same place. So then really dig deep and, and write down all the, the, all the beliefs you have in this area. Would you believe, and maybe it's not your words, maybe it's something your, your parents said, or maybe it's something that in culturally it's, it's just accepted as a fact, or maybe mm-hmm. it's, you know, like boys don't cry or girls, mm. things, like things like that. They yeah. are culturally so they, they are embraced as truth. So writing everything down to really download everything that's inside to look at this. And once this is, this is downloaded, then you can take a look at that and you can say, okay, the, these are the beliefs that I have. How are they, are they serving me? Are they preventing me? So what are the consequences of me having those beliefs? And mm-hmm. then it may depend really, it may depend on the personality. Some people who are more rational, more logical, then you can go ahead and question them. Well, mm-hmm. what is, is this belief an absolute truth? And what are the kind of the proofs of that? And mm-hmm. then kind of reversing this and saying, well, if I'm a, if I have to argue in court the other side yes. and find find deliberately prove that it is I love that. <laughs> what would I say? So that's kind of the logical mind. For somebody mm-hmm. who's more playful, more energetic, energy, you know, connected to energy, I would say maybe it's something around like, you know, writing a letter from yourself in the future. I love this. So oh my God. Saying, oh my God, Alina, <laughs> I'm writing to you from 2027. Uh-huh. Crushing it in this area. Oh my God. Here's all of all the things that I want to tell you. You mm-hmm. do this. You're capable of so much more, whatever it is, but just switching that energy mm-hmm. and really seeing the impact of that. So there's many different ways, depending on personality. I think there's not a single way to, to do this. Okay. But I like what you're saying. Even the habits and the the habits that we're talking about, something like creating tiny little steps or creating a community around in that area. Mm -hmm. Good. And I think the the core is, you know, be aware of it, start reflecting, um, question the truth of these things. Are they true? Are they not? Question, are they serving me or are they not serving me? Um, And then maybe, and then considering what do I want it to be instead? Mm-hmm. If the answers to those are like, it's not true, it's not serving me, then what is it and what will serve me would be a great way and to summarize even, that. Yeah. And even if some some of the beliefs may have been true at some point. Yes. They're are not they true? absolute yeah. truth, right? Mm-hmm. So there are exceptions mm-hmm. and, and that's what we want. So it's kind of finding the, the those little holes in the defense. <laughs> yes. I love the... <laughs> Elena, that that analogy of, you know, being in a court and like arguing both sides is great. And, you know, we've all watched TV and we've seen <laughs> people arguing different different cases. So I think that's a great example, a great um, takeaway for anyone listening that can think of like they can imagine how they can go forward with this. Argue both sides. <laughs> See what's exactly. true. See which one wins the case. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. And you know, so the question I have for you, you kind of just hinted at it. And you didn't know this, so which is great. It's almost like you're in my mind. But my question for you was gonna be, you know, imagine that um 
you have an opportunity, maybe you're stepping into like a twilight zone or something. You have an opportunity to go back to a moment in the past and actually, you know, meet with yourself, have lunch, have dinner, have a conversation, coffee, perhaps. And you get to impart a message to her, right? Um, Around what age would you go back to and what would you share? Oh, this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. Um, I would say probably... I would go back to, to myself, I would say seven, like about seven, eight years ago, because mm. that's where I really felt that I experienced a lot of doubt about myself. I wasn't in the career that I wanted. I was really, and I, I remember going to bed so many times paralyzed with fear because I knew mm. that if I continue the way I was going, that I will have a ton of different regrets. Mm. so obvious it's it's, you know the that moment we were talking about the a lot of people have as i say okay the way that my life is going right now i'm going to wake up one day i'm going to look back and i'm going to regret but i had i had those beliefs but i was already in my 30s and thinking oh my god and in your 30s you're going to change your career you're going to do this you're going to do so i would go back to that and 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 really just hug myself and (laughs) Trust me, trust me, girl, trust me, you got this. You're going to get where you need to go. Mm-hmm. But I think the main message is what, if you have a dream that excites you, you, it means that you deserve it and you can have it. Mm-hmm. If you have a dream that you, that is not meant for you. Mm-hmm. If something that excites you, explore this, find different ways, take little steps, but there's a reason why you have that feeling. Follow yeah. your emotions. Your emotions are the best guide you can have because you know all the answers already. Mm-hmm. Beneath all those fears, beneath all those doubts, when we strip all of this, you know, you know the answers. Oh. You already have them. Oh. Elena, <laughs> that is such a powerful and such a beautiful moment. Um, it's a great way to conclude our, our chat today. That's lovely. Um, I I just want to say thank you. Like, thank you for setting the time aside to have this conversation with me and to um, to explore this topic. And it's been lovely. Not a surprise though, because I mean, all our conversations are like this. The only difference is that this time we actually, you know, I put on some lipstick and yeah. I, I just and I press record. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I wish, yes, it's, it, that's the only difference between this conversation and, and many, many other conversations. I actually have makeup and actually dressed up and not, not, not the, the, yeah. yeah, usually we're like very casual. So this is nice, but it's, but it's always a pleasure. Your energy mm-hmm. is beautiful. And I'm, I really, I'm inspired by what you're doing. And I think mm-hmm. what you're doing is fantastic and it's going to help so many different people because we're so much more alike than we think. That I think, yes, we are unique. Yes, we have our own thing, but we're so much more alike mm-hmm. than we even realize. And that's where we, un- when we realize we're all struggling with similar things, it just yes. becomes less lonely and, you know, just easier to, to enjoy life. Another wisdom drop before we concluded today, Elena. (laughs) Wisdom bombs. (laughs) Wisdom bombs. It's like sprinkling wisdom everywhere you go. It's lovely. It's a lot of failures and mistakes that allow us. (laughs) It's all the lessons. Exactly. All the living. (laughs) It's the living. Amazing. So look, um, I uh, would like to ask, if someone would like to get in contact with you to reach out to you, where should they find you? Okay. So my, my, my digital home is LinkedIn. Yes. That's where I spend most of my time. That's where I post um, a lot of leadership content and sometimes live content as well, because leadership and life are all the same. <laughs> all, and that's why, that's why we can talk about this and me being a leadership coach in the same time, because that, yeah. that's all intertwined work and personal life. So LinkedIn is my my digital home. And also I have a website, alinasudasky.com as well. Awesome. So I'm going to pop those into the into the notes. And I will say, I love your LinkedIn. I love your videos. <laughs> I love your 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 write-ups, your questions. It's just such a pleasure. The one you did today was amazing. I 
<laughs> yes. So um, definitely, if no, if someone hasn't um, gotten to know you yet until this moment, they should definitely connect with you on LinkedIn and follow you there because oh, your okay. LinkedIn um, presence is inspiring. It's light. It's uplifting and high quality as well, which is great. <laughs> I should speak to you more often. Ooh, anytime you'd like. I'm here for you. <laughs> Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. It was a pleasure being part of your podcast. And I hope that it will, we'll do it again soon. We will definitely. There's so much to talk about. Thank you for listening to the Live Love Led podcast and joining Elena and I as we explored how to move past limiting beliefs and towards a life that you love. I hope you've been inspired to live life fully, to love deeply along the way, and to let yourself be your true self always. I would love to hear from you. Connect with me on Instagram or online at andreajohnson.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a loved one. As they say, sharing is caring. I'd also love and appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and leave a review. Have a beautiful day and I will see you in the next episode.